with Pat, Cody, and Harrison. Welcome on into the hustle, everybody. It's Pat, Cody, and our new co-host, Harrison Prey. Welcome to the show, Harry. How are we doing? Good to be here. So, it is officially episode 15 with Co- and Cody back on set. Cody, how are we feeling? Back on the hustle. We are back. Back, you know, our two-week hiatus became two months, but you know yes. that's what happens. But we added Harrison Prey, and we me did. and Harrison go back. Oh yes, and this is fun. This is fun. Yes, Harry and I go all the way back three years of college together, so we're literally oh yeah, life. But yeah, to everyone listening, yeah, <laughs> Cody and I basically said uh, I'm going. I was going on vacation. Cody was looking for jobs. Like, all right, we're gonna take like a week and a half break. We'll be right back after it. We want to keep it going, and then. <laughs> Life got in the way. Cody got a job, so round of applause to Cody. He's a big man, big adult now. Mm-hmm. And then I just got out of school and forgot about this for a little bit. But now we're back. We're finally back after all this time. So, now that we're finally back, Cody, do you want to introduce our topics today? I want to introduce our topic and, you know, <coughs> sports debate. Here's what we have. We're talking about rookie quarterbacks this year, uh, this first segment. And I have, th- we're going to go through all five of them and we're going to ask, are you concerned, not concerned, or somewhere in the middle between all, th- mostly three of the starters who've been starting since week one. So we'll start with Trey Lance first because he hasn't really started much. Um, so Harrison, we'll kick it to you first. Are you concerned in the middle or not at all concerned with Trey Lance? Uh, I'll probably say not at all with Trey Lance. I mean, honestly, I kind of recommend rookie quarterbacks to sit a year and kind of learn the system like if we go back to Patrick Mahomes when he was a rookie he sat a year behind Alex Smith and then a year later he's the league MVP so I mean, I'm not gonna say like Trey Lance is gonna be like Patrick Mahomes but he had a great preseason he's uh behind Jimmy Garoppolo he's way more athletic than Jimmy so if you give him a year and let's say the 49ers probably trade him or if they I don't know um, really, and I, I don't know what they're gonna do with Jimmy Garoppolo, but I think I'm honestly like encouraged with Trey Lance sitting a year because um, he can learn the system, and I think it usually helps out if you wait a year to learn the system. So what I don't understand about the Trey Lance experiment is like they're sitting him out, but they're also playing him at the same time. Yeah, that's kind that's of- what I don't get. Like they keep bringing him in on like the goal line plays and like. And so yeah, like, well, it's, an extra, it's an extra cog in the offense. They only have one like read options. At the, that's honestly kind of perfect for yeah, what they want like, to do. Half the time, like that's when he's going to get hit. So don't you want to kind of protect the kid a little bit? I think it's less protect him physically, but more like protect him mentally. Where like we and we'll get to Justin Fields next because that was uh, oh goodness gracious, that was a worse time than us trying to record on Monday. Yes, so <laughs> sorry, so sorry to everyone who listened on Monday. That was bad. Yeah, if you did, and we unfortunately we can't compensate you for your time because you kind of did do that. So it's kind of on you, the viewer at home. It's your fault, but really it is our apologies. But. The reason why, and I agree with Harrison, I think for the most part, and other can't like Trevor Lawrence, you probably just throw him out there. He was but, such a highly number. We went to him, 
you pr- and there are certain situations where you can't really afford. But if you're a Chicago, if you're a um, San Francisco, if you are even a New England before they cut Cam Newton, you had a quarterback who was at least serviceable as a starter who has been in the league for multiple years and you can let your rookie kind of learn how the offense and how the NFL works. Cause there's not really a big, there's a huge, not really, there's a huge difference between being a starter in college and then being starting in the NFL. Huge difference. Now with Trey Lance, you put him at the goal line. All he has to do is do a simple read option. There's not a lot of reading the defense. It's you read the D ends and then you do what you've been doing your entire life. And that's giving it to the running back or running it in for a touchdown or every once in a while they'll they'll just call something it's so close that you can't really do much the defense it's kind of man up just pray no one scores so i don't really i think physically maybe sure but i think it's more protecting mentally yeah i'm fine with trailing sitting out for the majority of the year i agree with both of you i am i'm in favor of rookies sitting out for a little bit unless it's like the perfect situation and I only like if there is a serviceable starter in place like that they can learn from. Like, if when the Texans take a quarterback next year, I don't think Tyrod Taylor is going to be, like, the serviceable enough guy to, like, teach someone. But I think, like, a Cam or a, I guess a Jimmy G would be fine. But even though I'm not the biggest Jimmy Garoppolo fan, and that contract is looking horrific for them right now. Oh, yeah. I mean, I understand. Honestly, like, the way that the 49ers use Trey Lance right now, like on the goal line and stuff, I can see why Kyle Shanahan wants to put him in there yeah. because he has so much talent. Like he can run, he can scramble, he can get outside the pocket. And if you're not using him, like I feel like you're not giving your team a chance to win. So I think Kyle Shanahan looks at it like, okay, well, you know, I know we're not going to put Trey Lance as our starter for now. He's not ready yet. But if we put him in on a couple plays, you know, read options, like Cody was saying, like, you know, it's only going to make our team harder to defend. So I can see why he, he wrinkles him in there every once in a while. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it is, hasn't been anything to like really write home about, about Trey Lance yet because like he just hasn't gotten the shot yet. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked by the end of the year if he does. But the way that this 49ers team is just getting hurt in just injury after injury, and they're falling apart fast. Yeah. You already lost most of the year. You're losing like half your <laughs> your secondary already. They're falling apart quickly, so... I don't know if this is the year to even put him in, but I think Kyle Shanahan has to figure out some type of training system that is not what he did the last two years. But yeah, yeah, I know. There's no reflection on Trey Lance. Yeah, so. because usually what kills the 49ers is each and every year they're always like not in the playoffs because yeah. of injuries. Yeah, like Jimmy Garoppolo is hurt. I mean, he's injury prone, so I mean, it kind of mitigates the 49ers' chances to go into a Super Bowl. And they went to a Super Bowl when he was healthy the whole year, so. I mean, the sky's the limit for that team, but, um, yeah, yeah, like you said, injuries kind of screw them up a little bit. Yeah. With Lance, I'm fine. Like, I'm I'm not worried at all. And like we said, they've been using him in situations where they can get him in the game, start to learn him a little bit, but it's not too taxing uh, on the mind. It's just simple stuff. And Jimmy Garoppolo, statistically, has been one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. And so the fact that, like you said, that they're a good team, but – Lance is going to be in there at least past, kind of like how what Tua did with uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, but except for Ryan Fitzpatrick was good when he was taken out. Mm-hmm. So like around like week nine, ten, they'll see how the season's going, and if they're if they're out of it, they can put Trey Lance in and kind of just trial by fire. Or if they're kind of in it but need a spark, they can try him out for a game or two. There's there's no 
they haven't done anything to either hurt his confidence or done anything bad. I think it's going to be fine. I think we're going to see more Trey Lance as the year goes on. I don't think the Jimmy Garoppolo show is going to last too long, much longer in San Francisco. Um, so Trey Lance, I think we're all in agreement that we're fine and there's yeah. nothing. To oh, work. yeah. Yeah, just kind of like meh. Like, it's not good, it's not bad, it's just meh. Like, there's nothing to talk about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Next up, not much to talk about. We did make his first career start last weekend, and maybe we'll talk about something other than uh, him. Uh, Justin Fields, Pat, we'll start with you. Are you concerned? Are you okay? Or are you so-so with what you've saw- seen so far? I am I am concerned because have we checked to make sure he's alive? <laughs> That's Does a good question. Anyone know if he is alive? I, can't, I, I will look. I will Google it right now as you answer. That poor man got said what nine times in one football game. Yep. Like Miles Garrett and Jadavion Clowney were feasting. They had I forget exactly what the numbers were. It was like seventeen or twenty dropbacks. There was no help at all. It was just the five linemen. No running backs chipping. No tight ends helping the block. Nothing. Like. I can't even give a read on the kid because he didn't have time to get the get the ball. He couldn't even throw the ball. Like, and I, was, I will say, I will say here in two th- in September thirtieth, two thousand fifteen, um, former Dunbar High School track and uh, cross country and basketball player Justin Fields, um, actually passed away in a car accident. So Justin Fields is dead, just not the right one. So rest in peace to Justin Fields. If the Fields family or anyone who knows him is watching. Um, prayers up to you, but uh, the Chicago Bears quarterback is confirmed he's, still he's alive. Confirmed alive. I mean, Continue. the poor guy. Like, I I didn't watch that game. I haven't seen much of the highlights except for Miles Garrett just running over Jason Peters. I mean, poor Jason Peters too. The man's thirty nine. He's like on like a one year, one million dollar deal trying to block that demi god. That is have you seen, did you see did you see the video of him yes. like morphing through space and time? Yeah, like he did like a Euro step to get by. You know, it was literally you watched yeah. the video on full yeah. speed, it looks like he just like was edited over. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. I mean, Miles Garrett is probably the best defensive end in football. Arguably, oh, yeah. I would say definitely the best edge. Yeah. Oh, he's uh, yeah. I mean, it depends on how like you rank Aaron Donald because like they use him on the edge. They use him yeah. everywhere. I think of Aaron Donald as an interior guy, personally. Yeah, same here. Yeah, yeah, but I think Miles Garrett's probably the best edge defender in the league, probably by a good margin. Yeah, yeah, um, by far. And there's yeah. also TJ Watt too, and yeah. Bosa. Yeah, exactly. Um, the poor kid. Like, I, there's nothing we can say other than the poor kid. Yeah. Like, I have no feedback. I have no opinion. It's just how is he alive? Yeah, that's, I'm not sure. That's really all I have to say. I mean, the Bears are in a probably the worst spot. Because they're in like that middle ground, like they're not bad, they're not good, but they have all that money tied up already. They have no real cap space, they have no draft capital, so it's like they're just going to let things go to waste, and they're just going to be sitting like this for years. And yeah. Judge Fields is in a, probably one of the worst situations for these rookies. Yeah, I didn't watch I the game the either. Yeah, I didn't watch the game either, but um, I just saw like one highlight, and it wasn't even of Justin Fields getting sacked. He literally just had to throw the ball away. Like, within one second, because Miles Garrett was screaming and was about to sack him. So, he had to, like, throw it into the ground. And I'm like, oh, my God. And then when I heard that Miles Garrett had four and a half sacks, I was like, wow. Well, no wonder why Justin Fields had such a bad day. I mean, like, honestly, I feel a little so-so on Justin Fields. I know his upside is is incredibly big, kind of like with Trey Lance. um, But I feel like he, as far as, like, the support that he has on offense isn't, like... 
yeah. top of the league. No. I mean, Darnell Mooney, he's he's a pretty good receiver, yeah. but like Allen Robinson, he's probably Allen Robinson. Yes, solid. he's probably their best receiver, and he's yeah. one of the best in the league. Yeah, um, you could probably say he's a top ten receiver, arguably. I would think um, top fifteen. But fifteen. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we can debate that there, but oh, yeah, yeah. that's a debate for another time. Um, Justin Fields, I, I'm so so on him. I'm not gonna say I'm concerned because. Again, it it's still what was it his first start, and I feel like if he had a little more help, I felt like he would be in a better position. But because, again, the offensive line play wasn't great. Jason Peters was once a great offensive lineman, Pro Bowler, but now he's thirty nine years old, like you said. So he's not gonna he's not gonna block up uh, Miles Garrett. He definitely needs help. Um, so I'm I'm gonna label Justin Fields so so right now. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Now. Uh, speaking of so-so, like quick breaking news: the NFL dropped their halftime show, and who is going to be at the halftime show for the Super Bowl this year? It's oh, a Mary banger. J. It's Mary J. Blige, Dr. Dre, Kendrick Lamar, Eminem, and Snoop Dogg. Loaded! Wow, That's absolutely a lot of artists. loaded. Can we just take a second to say two things? One, Kendrick Lamar better drop his album before I, you know do bad things because I've been waiting on this thing for four years and it's I need it's not coming two can we just talk how Mary J. Blige is just timeless and hasn't aged in forever and yeah. she's still perfect yeah um, alright well I'm throwing my two cents on the Justin Fields thing um, I'm fine with Justin Fields so far I'm not I am not worried I'm worried about that game plan and what we, we, we talked you talked about Harrison you mentioned it Pat it was bad it was not good and it's weird that they Nagy is so adamant that Andy Dalton is our starter. Fine. Again, we just mentioned that probably it's for the best. If Fields waits a little bit, really develops, learns the playbook, learns how to read defenses, so you don't just throw them out there and ruin them right away. However, Nick Foles is on the roster too. Oh god. And if you mm-hmm. clearly weren't not not even that I'm saying that Nick Foles is like this god. But if you're clearly, A, not ready to game plan around Justin Fields, if you, B, clearly aren't ready to understand, if he's clearly not ready, I think it was a little mixture of both. Obviously, it was just a, a hell show for him all day, but I'm not. But he also didn't play fantastic. Um, you know, I, I also didn't really watch the game, but I watched highlights of it, and I watched other ple- people that did, you know, analysts and stuff, and said that there, you know, maybe some reads that you could have made or some things you could have done, but that just comes with experience they didn't have yet, which is fine and not a knock on him at all. It's just he hasn't played. And if those, why don't you throw Nick Foles in there, who's been there an extra year, who was a veteran, who kind of knows the like what what's the rush like i get that justin fields is probably right now better than both annie dalton and nick Foles, or at least will be very very soon and i know he's your future but if you're a gonna sit here and talk about how fields isn't ready and that annie dalton's our starter and this and that the other thing and b you weren't ready for justin fields to enter the game anyway and you had nothing to utilize any of his strengths you had nothing to even give him a fighting chance in this game why not do that to Nick Foles or or just keep Nick Foles in there? He's not – you can have the same game plan you had with Andy Dalton basically. And it does – you don't skip a beat. And then you throw this kid out there, make him look bad, almost get him killed. I don't understand that at all. And that is that is where you saw the Orlovskis and the Rex Ryans and everyone on ESPN on Monday call for the guy's head, and it was justified. Matt Nagy shouldn't be there. Now, the other point I want to add to that, Cody um, – 
if they're going to try to trade Nick Foles for any asset or even just cap relief at all, you got to put him in and show that he can do literally anything. Just to yeah. try to get some pick. doesn't matter if it's a 6th or a 7th or have a team take $2 million off his contract. Like, that's still $2 million that could go somewhere else. Yeah, I'm also confused of why they still have Nick Foles. Like, honestly, if they kept Nick Foles on the roster, yeah. it also, I kind of agree with Cody, like, it kind of sends a message. Like, yeah. you have Andy Dalton, you have Nick Foles, and then you have Justin Fields. And if you weren't ready to put him in week one like any of the other rookie quarterbacks then that's clearly like okay he's not ready yet you're not comfortable putting him in these situations so i think it's a bit bit of a red flag too yeah and the thing is now that the fans have a taste of seeing justin fields it's like they've seen the shiny new toy they're not gonna want they're not gonna be happy that to go back to the old cardboard boxes that are andy dalton and nick Foles. oh yeah like, definitely they, not they've seen justin fields so like if you say you know what we're sitting him all year no matter what then like They'll be like, all right, you know what, whatever. This season's going to suck, but at least we have something to look forward to. They've seen what they can look forward to, and it's not much better. No. So it is a tough spot to be a bear. Not even close. And especially with the defense they have, it's good. It's It's really good. Yeah. But they're aging quick. That's why they made the – That's why then exactly, and that's the point where – if you are a head coach that has to win games, you're already in, what, your third or fourth season as the head coach, you ruined Mitch Trubisky, which I don't think he was at great anyway. But now it kind of brings the fact that, like, was he better than what we saw? And we'll get that to Zach Wilson, which we'll do next, and kind of the same thing with Sam Darnold, who looks great with Carolina, but looked like the worst quarterback to ever grace God's green earth in his four years with the three years with the jets. And is that more of a coaching thing? Is that a player thing? We don't really know. Again, I'm not, I wasn't really a big Trubisky fan when he was being drafted. I thought he was like the fourth best quarterback in that draft behind Mahomes, mm-hmm. uh, Watson and some other guy, but it's, it's tough. And especially with that defense aging and you kind of got to win now, not only for the sake of your defense and your team structure overall, but also for your job, maybe, I don't know. Um, Put in Nick Foles. Let him go. I think that gives you a better chance of winning, especially with what they threw out there. Um, but we'll move on uh, to Zach Wilson. And I have some stats from him and some stats from Lawrence and Mac Jones. Um, just some basic stuff because they've started all three games uh, that uh, their teams have played. And we'll start with Zach Wilson. He's in three games. He has 628 yards, so just over 200 yards a game. Two touchdowns, seven interceptions and a 55% completion percentage. Uh, Pat, are you concerned? Are you not concerned? Or are you in what? the middle? I Zach am quite Wilson. concerned with Zach Wilson. He's in a horrible situation. He, ha- he doesn't have much help. That said, the Jets did draft two awesome offensive linemen with their pretty early picks in this draft. So that line is better than what it was the last couple of years. That, and like... But he he just holds on the ball for so long. Oh yeah, and he does like a weird like he doesn't even like run away from much. He like slides back. He he just like shuffles back and then eventually like throws off his back leg somewhere. So then the ball is inaccurate. I so I didn't love his fundamentals when I watched him against the Patriots. He was overthrowing balls left and right, and like it it look. I know everyone's made the joke that he looks like a child. On the field, it looked like a child against Matt. Like, it, it really did. Like, he threw four picks against the Patriots. He's been a turnover machine. Like, he, I understand. He doesn't have a lot of help around him. It's hard to judge a Jets quarterback, like Cody mentioned with Sam Darnold. But, like, I'm getting concerned for him. 
I said coming into the draft that he was gonna be a bust, and I'm. It's kind of looking like that right now. He's looking yeah. like Jameis Winston right now. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. I'm quite concerned for him yeah. too, and I and I acknowledge that he's in a bad situation. I think any quarterback that goes to the Jets and with that franchise and that front office, it's a wasteland. It's a wasteland. Yeah, like you're you're not set up to succeed there. And yeah, I saw the exact same thing against the Patriots. Like you you put. You look at the style of play between Mac Jones and Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson's trying to make every play a touchdown. And then Mac Jones is just going through his progressions, one, two, three, four. And then Zach Wilson, his first two passes, right? They were intercepted, I'm pretty sure. Something like that. that. It it was something like that. Like the first three or four passes, he had two picks and like no completions or whatever it was. And it was like, it was so obvious. Like he was trying to do way too much. And that can get you into a lot of trouble in the National Football League when you're trying to be Mahomes and you don't have the the support around you. And uh, he was just trying to do too much. Uh, The same thing happened against Denver um, where he was – I mean, granted, there are times where you're like, wow, like he has a lot of – he has great arm talent. He can make any throw. And, you know, at times, like, it would bounce off his receiver's hands. It's like, okay, can't do anything there. But then there's times where he just, you're like, man, what are you seeing right now? Just throws it right to the other team, and you're like, wow. So I'm, I'm quite concerned with Zach Wilson. It's really saying something like when there's a 12-year-old on TikTok going viral for breaking <laughs> down how bad the that. Jets are. I think all the three of us have all seen it, but if you, if you haven't, go see it. It's hilarious. But when a 12-year-old breaking down how bad it is, that's how you know it's bad, but Cody, I'll let you get in. Oh, yeah. It's, I'm concerned, and I'm not concerned because of Zach Wilson's talent. I like Zach Wilson. I remember watching him as a freshman at BYU. I was like, oh, this kid's pretty good. And then he had a, a down senior year. Um, oh, because I'm a nerd and have no friends, and I, I stayed up until, like, 10 p.m. to watch, you know, Pac-12 after wow. dark. 10 p.m., wow. Oh, but to start a football game like the start of the football game and i'd watch it all the way to 1 a.m at like thursday night because i don't have a life and i remember watching this kid i was like this kid pretty good i like this kid and i don't know why i'm kind of like a closet byu fan i watch their games all the time i think they're they're sick cody's, <laughs> i don't know cody's a mormon it's confirmed cody's i've watched mormon. like i think i've watched other than alabama i think i've watched more byu games than any other team in the last like five years like i don't get it really byu <laughs> and all college football teams it's byu because they're always on and late at night and they're always on late and i obviously always watch the bama games because roll tide and i oh i try to watch all the oregon games so i do follow them but they're on pac 12 network all the time and they're never on tv oh, okay. so i just watch byu i don't i don't get it but anyway i've seen zach wilson and like this kid looks good and he obviously rose up draft boards last year and i thought it was Fair. I thought he was really good, and I think he can be a really good player in this league. However, the Jets are just such it's such a dysfunctional, and it's just it's hurting him. And I think it's what we've seen from Wilson has not been good. Not, I'm not trying to sugar that quote at all. Uh, just uh, over 200, and he looked pretty decent against Carolina in Week One, if I remember. He was making some pretty good throws. He was getting out of the pocket, using the athleticism, and it's the last two weeks that have really stung for him. But yeah. it's it's the Jets and it's Adam Gase and it's. Did you have you seen the graphic? Adam Gase where, isn't there anymore. He started it. Honestly, you know what? Cody's oh, right Gase because isn't there anymore. Did he leave? It's Big Bob Sala now. It's Robert Sala, but Adam oh, Gase right, did right, start right, right. it. He definitely yeah, started. That's true. That's true. However, it, it also doesn't came, that Gase had control of that team for the last what three years or whatever. Yep. And it's just not good. 
Mikai Beckton, who's in a fantastic tackle, he went out week one and he won't be here for the rest of the season. So his best lineman is gone. You have two rookie starters who are good, but you know they're still rookie starters and they still have to kind of adapt to the uh, the NFL. And there's just nothing for him. His best lineman COVID all three years. I know that because he's on my fantasy team. He hasn't got a chance to play, mm-hmm. and it makes me upset. Um, but it's the Jets, and it's just such a bad situation. You can't ever – and like I said, Sam Darnold looks good. All these other players that you know, leave, they look decent. Is it they were being bad, or is it – I don't know. I, I'm concerned for Zach Wilson, but less because I think – that I wouldn't be surprised if Zach Wilson, three years, it sucks – and then they kind of ship him off like Darnold, and he becomes really good somewhere else with a quarterback coach yeah. that can help. Yeah, because it seems like that's happening for Darnold. His first three three games, he's thrown for, like, I think over 300 yards in every game. And uh, it's just like, wow. Like, you take him out of that environment, he goes to an environment where he has, you know, a little more to work with, and, and look at them. They're 3-0, and and, you know, they're they're at, at one of the best teams in the NFC. Granted, like, it's yeah, still only three games in, yeah. but um, – uh, another question I have to ask yeah. is like with the Jets situation, who's the running back? I have no idea who their running is back it is. Still Frank Gore? No, no, no I don't Gore think so. Is, is it like Perriman or something like that? I have no clue. It was like uh, Williams, but there's always a Williams on Tevin, every single like team. Tevin Coleman? I don't honestly. I don't even think it's the. I, I remember in the Patriots game when I was watching it, it was like something Williams, yeah, and I was like, I who know. is that? Like yeah, I couldn't tell you. So it's like, yeah, he doesn't have much to work with. It's definitely that franchise. Right now it's Tevin Coleman, Michael Carter. Michael Carter is their rookie this year. Bonus points for me. There you go. Okay, you were right. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on to Trevor Lawrence. His stats haven't looked much better. Three games, 669, nice passing yards, five touchdowns, and tied for the league lead with seven interceptions on 59% completion percentage. Um, Harrison, we'll start with you. Are you concerned? Are you not concerned? Or are you in the middle with Trevor Lawrence? Uh, I think I'm in the middle with Trevor Lawrence. Like with him so far, I- I'm seeing inconsistency, and so with that, you get the highs, but you also get the lows too. I think uh, week one against the Texans, he had I think he had like 300 something yards, three touchdowns, but he also threw through three picks. So it was kind of like the good and the bad. Um, there are some plays. I, I, f- I forget who they played last week. Yeah, do you remember who they played last week? I, uh, I think it was the Texans, right? Yeah. Was it the Texans? No, that was week two. That was week two. Yeah. And, and they're playing the Bengals tonight too. B- Bengals. They've had a weak schedule so far. Okay. Yeah. And they. I mean, they're gonna be probably one of the worst teams this year. I mean, granted, any rookie quarterback that plays, you know, bad in their first year will will kind of get like a, a mulligan because yeah, it's like. Free pass, yeah. yeah, it's like a free pass. Yeah. So. Uh, I mean, yeah, year three is when you kind of just decide, all right, is this guy good or not? Like, that's kind of the year one. Definitely. Josh Allen. Yeah. Yeah, you kind of yeah. give it till till three years to kind of decide. With Trevor Lawrence, I, I'm so-so because uh, I remember how dominant he was in college with Clemson. He, he brought them to the two national championships. And I know that, that there's t- it's two different situations. He's got a lot of talent. You know, coming in every year uh, at Clemson, um, and now he's he's going into a totally different uh, environment. But I just think I, I like who he is. I think he's a good leader. Um, he he's always positive, talking to his guys on the uh, uh, on the sideline, his teammates, and so I I, th- I think you know the future is bright for him. So I'm not going to be too concerned. I, I have more hope uh, for Trevor Lawrence than you do, Pat. I'm going to take this, Cody. Concerned, oh. concerned. I have been saying it for years. People won't believe me now that he's been going bad. I have been saying this 
since his national championship days. Did he win one or two? He won one. 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 Yeah, one. He won All right. Well, he, he went to back to back, right? Yeah. No. Wait. Did he? Yes. He won yeah. as a freshman with Alabama, lost against LSU, and then he lost in the semis against uh, Iowa State last year. All right. Either yeah. way, I've been saying it for a long time. He was going to be a bust. I've been saying it for a long time. I haven't liked him. I've never liked him. I saw Cam Newton all over him. The clear number one pick. The best athlete in the draft. I didn't think he was a great thrower. I thought he was a great athlete, not a great, like, accurate quarterback. I have never liked Trevor Lawrence. He's way more accurate than Wilson, though, by far. That's fine. That, I'll give you that. That's fine. But, like, concern. I, I've been waiting for this. I, I want He's the best prospect since Peyton Manning. He's going to be the best draft pick since, like, the Manning brothers or whoever else. And he sucks. He sucks. Let me say it again. Like, he has been horrible, and I have no faith in him, and I have even less faith in Urban Meyer. I do think Urban Meyer is hurting him a lot, but I have, just don't like him. Like, I don't know why. Yeah. It was just the eyeball test. He hasn't passed it for me yet. Concerned. Yeah. And we'll see who takes him in the future. But Never understood me. the Tim Tebow thing well, either. No. <laughs> Before we this uh, podcast and radio show gets taken off the air for spread of misinformation, slander in, in this room is no as slander. <laughs> he's fine. He's gonna be just fine. I'm not no. concerned at all. Every single level he's been, he's been clearly the best quarterback in the room. Every exactly. single place, it's going to be fine. We week. Four, like you don't, you're not this generational talent since you're 12 years old, and then you're done after three weeks. That's not how that works. And again, all these quarterbacks can be better than it. usually. Again, three years is kind of the timeline for most NFL players or most players of sports in general. Before you're like, all right, is he going to be good or is he going to be bad? And that's kind of when. And obviously, it's just three games. Those are super knee jerk reactions, but he's going to be fine. At least he's trying. He's pushing the ball down the field. He's taking risks. Um, I think they're fine risks. Obviously, the seven interceptions isn't good. Um, but 669 yards, nice. So that's about 230 a game, which makes sense for the Jacksonville Jaguars aren't any much better than the Jets. So we can't sit here and say we're concerned. Of, well, I actually just did. Um, but we can't take his, his numbers, whatever, and then take Wilson's with a grain of salt. Let's be real. Jaguars aren't that great. They never have been. I'm fine with He's going to be fine. He's going to be fine. He's pushing the ball down the field. He has five touchdowns, and, you know, that's still more than one a game. He's still fine in the end zone. I think it's going to be fine. We're going to move on to Mac Jones, and I'll start with Mac Jones. Three games, 737 yards, two touchdowns, three interceptions, 68% completion percentage by all statistics, the best rookie quarterback. I'm in the middle. With Mac Jones. Okay. And this is why I'm in the middle of Mac Jones. Me being Alabama fan, I've got to see every throw Mac Jones has ever made. And I understand that he was the fifth best quarterback in this draft, and he was drafted as the fifth best quarterback of this draft. And that made sense. I wasn't thrilled with the pick. I realized, you know, he's going to be in the best situation for him. He can be a lot better than I, I feel that he can be. However, he's gotten the habit of just checking the ball down and not trying to make a play. And that's fine, but there are times in the game where the Patriots need a play, and he seems to just be unwilling to do it. And I don't 
Well, obviously, three games in. I just... Matt can either improve and get better, or this could kind of be his career, where he's just boom, boom. He can be what people think Brady is if they never seen the Patriots play. The kind, you know, how everyone keeps saying he'd never passed the ball more than five yards. Yeah. Let's welcome. I don't. That, that's what he is is right now, and has been. Like I've seen him. I know week two he took like no shots downfield. And now you get it. Pages don't really have a true deep threat wide receiver. Nelson Aguilar is the best they got, and that's not. Really we right. catching babies, unlike Aguilar. Aguilar is catching no babies right now, and he's not catching any bombs either. And it's tough. And obviously, John o. Smith had a pretty bad game uh, last yeah, week, and yeah. that contributes to it. Him and Hunter Henry have been non-existent, and it's not helping he, Mac at all. Right, and obviously Josh McDaniels needs to figure it out because yeah. how long has he been the offensive coordinator? Like, I'm not saying it's all his fault, but like, it, it, we if we keep talking about you year after year, it's less that oh we just don't know what we're talking about, and more that he's just not been great year after year. And he'll have like three or four games where he's perfect, and we put up 45 points, people forget about it, and then we have these games that like we just know nothing all game. Yeah. And, that's why I'm in the middle because I just haven't seen him. Like at least with Lawrence, I see him trying. At least with Wilson, I see him, you know, a little bit more boneheaded. But he's trying to make the plays. I feel like Mac Jones is. He knows that he's just the pawn, and I would rather him kind of try to take control and at least take some more shots. Even if you don't make them, at least keep the defense honest. Because now week four, five, six, they're just going to put eight in the box and make you beat him down deep. And he has a good deep ball. We've seen it. When he was throwing Devonta Smith, he averaged like 23 yards per reception. Just, all they did were throwing streaks, and it was touchdowns. Trust me. I saw it. Oh, I yeah. loved it. It was great. Yeah, I saw his highlights too. And honestly, I've been noticing that too, Cody, where he's like he's checking the ball down way too much, playing it way too conservative. And I think there were times where like after it plays over, you see a replay. I, I think I saw – I forget which game it was. It might have been the Saints or it might have been the Jets, but – he had a guy wide open for a touchdown. I think it was like Gunnar Olszewski against the oh, Jets, God. and I was he was wide open, and I was just like, "Wow, oh my God, it was a touchdown!" I was like screaming because I was like, "He could have had a touchdown," but instead he checked it down to somebody else out of the backfield, and I was like, "God, that's the one thing I wish Mac Jones, you know, had." Like he's he's doing a lot of things that are that uh, that are better than the other rookie quarterbacks in terms of you know knowing where to throw it throwing it to the right guy not taking too many risks and uh you know against the saints he kind of honestly i feel like some of his picks weren't really his fault i think late in the game you're just trying to throw it up it's whatever like you're just trying to make a play that's a time to throw it up and then i think he got hit as he threw it on his first pick so i can't really blame him there and then the second pick that was all on Johnu Smith. He it it was it wasn't a great throw. It was a little outstretched, and Johnu had to. But I mean, like he kept bobbling it, and then goes right behind the guy that was covering Johnu and, and Malcolm Jenkins. So I was like, okay, well, I can't really blame. I mean, granted, Matt could have made a better throw, whatever. But yeah, I, I'm a little honestly, I I'm not concerned at all with Mac Jones because I feel like he's the right guy for the Patriots offense. I feel like they couldn't go to Cam Newton and try and you know work him in because I just didn't think he was a fit. And yeah. so I, I thought that Mac Jones was the right guy. I'm like Mac Jones yeah. needs to be starting right now. He's he's the guy that gives the best the the best chance uh, to win for the Patriots. So um, I'm not that concerned with Mac Jones. Um, I, I see what you're seeing, Cody. He needs to take more risks. In college, he probably took more risks with Devontae Smith, um, but I don't, I don't think he has that, uh, you know, burner 
and a Devontae Smith or whatever, uh, Jalen Waddell. I mean, you name the rece- yeah. receivers from Alabama. They're yeah, going to be crazy. first round in the draft. Yeah. So um, I'm not that concerned with Mac Jones. I, I'm a little concerned just – as Cody alluded to, I'm a little concerned about the lack of, I guess, aggressiveness that you want, if you want to call it that, because um, it is, it does seem like it's all check down, it's just check down, check down, like just the safest pass, and I'm fine with like doing the safe pass, but like the offense, like they're not moving the ball well. It seems like on offense they're trying so hard to like try to move the ball, like, and it doesn't have to be that difficult, and like it just that offense doesn't seem smooth. It seems just a little bit clunky, just. It's not firing all cylinders yet, and I'm sure it'll probably eat smooth out at some point, but it just doesn't look great yet. It looks fine, but I'm more concerned about the red zone. They have not been good in the red zone yet. They got to start converting field goals to touchdowns, and if they want to, if they expect to win games. So we'll see how that goes, but I mean, I think, again, it's middle of the road. Like, I'm not going to complain about him too much. I'm not going to say he's, he's the next coming of Jesus, but like... I think he's fine. Yeah, I mean, can we critique Josh McDaniels a little bit? I know Very Cody was much. talking about that, too. I mean, his his play calls are conservative, too. I mean, you can talk about Mac Jones, and maybe he's not taking shots downfield as much, but the play calls, uh, you know, yeah. on second down, third down, they're running the ball, and it's like, third Josh. Third let's run a draw play. Like, come on, Josh. Like, you need to give him more responsibility. You need to let him do more, and I feel like they're they're limiting him so much because he's a rookie. It's like, Josh, like, let the kid, Let you know, I grant it, like, I, I think last game he got exposed a little bit because the Saints' defensive line was overpowering. Oh, our line was... Yeah, it wasn't up to match. Like, we were overpowered by Fars, and he got hit, you know, so many times. And you, he had to throw the ball 51 times that game. So, I mean, you're kind of putting him at a disadvantage there. So, I, I feel like we can also critique the coaching staff just a little bit. Like, we always think about the Patriots' coaching staff as, like, okay, they get a pass because you know, they have six Super Bowls and, and whatever, but it's like... Uh, I think yeah. you got to critique them a little bit too. Like, I don't think it's just on Mac Jones. Yeah, and just to wrap it up, I mean, the Patriots should have won that game realistically. They played horrible the entire time, and they were still in it until the end for the most part. Like, Jameis Winston got a Hail Mary touchdown when he was like getting sacked, and he just flung it up there. That yeah. was ridiculous. And then we still lost by what was like 10 points, and we had so many penalties, so many turnovers. Like, we should have won that game if we played anywhere like ourselves. And I think that's actually a positive. Like, we played horrible, and you still should almost beat the Saints, which is like, and the Saints are a decent team. They're not great, but like, they're a decent club. So, um, I think that's all I got on that. Anything else, Cody? Let us move on. That's how we think. Let's just hope that, you know, Urban Meyer doesn't fake a heart attack by the halftime tonight. Let us um, take a break from football. We'll get back to it at the end. But uh, basketball and. I came up with this topic because, you know what? The old people have been bothering me. I'm sick of the olds. Put them all in a home for over 35. You're in a home. I do not care. James Harden is a better basketball player than John Stockton was. No. I don't care what you old people have to say. You're all old. I'm 20. And that's it. Not you. You at home. I know who you are. You're listening. I've been fighting you on Twitter for months. Cody's yelling at my family. (laughs) John Stockton has never been at any point of his life better at the game of basketball than James Harden has been in his entire NBA career. And I'm ready to talk about it. Go ahead, Cody. Ramble on. 
Go ahead. Let it all out. Let's hear it. My question for you two, and I know I have a lot more stats than you guys do, and I have, I think, I have the wealth of basketball knowledge here more than you guys do. Yep. Yep. But, Patrick, in comparison, let me ask you, what has John Stockton done in his career that James Harden hasn't done? I have that answer. What is it? He's made the NBA Finals. Fair. Okay. What I, oh, whatever. Making it to a finals is whatever. No, what's... I believe what's John... Going? How many did Stockton make it to? Three? Four? John's made it to two. Mm, okay. Back I mean, back. Right. I can't really make an argument for John Stockton. I just looked up their all-time points, and James Harden is like 3,000 more points than him. So. Oh, Harden's definitely a better score. But you know what? <laughs> I, I want to hear Cody's rambling here before I just make him mad by saying finals and then just ruining his arguments but go ahead cody well let's talk about let's talk about the playoffs let's talk about the playoffs yeah he's a choke artist james harden the choke artist and let's actually i actually i won't read them all off but i went through every playoff series he had from 2013 to 20 and i compared his regular season stats in points per game rebounds per game assists per game field goal percentage three-point percentage and effective field goal percentage and I compared them to his regular season numbers and his postseason numbers. And only one time did I find that he was he took such a significant drop off that he was a detriment to his team. And that was in 2014, where he lost to uh, uh, Portland in round one. That was the Damian Lillard game winner. Yep. That was the only time in his career that his numbers have dropped so significantly that it is easily attributed to him. And actually, in most cases, there hasn't been a, a very significant fall-off in anything. And there is going to be fall-off in stats in the playoffs. That's just how it is. You play better teams. People have more time to prepare for you and plan for you. It's you know what it is. But he was still averaging 28 points per game in the playoffs, 27 points per game in the playoffs, 26, 31 points per game in the playoffs. His field goal percentage number dipped by, like, at most 2 to 3%, which at the volume that he's at, I, I get it. His effective field goal percentage stayed re- relatively the same other than that huge drop in 2014, only a couple points in percentage-wise. it's He's played at his level in the playoffs. Nine-time All-Star, seven-time All-NBA, three-time scoring champion. The next thing I have to talk about, playoff record. Overall, in their careers, James Harden has a better play. He has a, a playoff career record of over 500. John Stockton has a playoff career record of below 500. For how good as John Stockton and those Jazz teams have been, they have been multiple times the heavy favorite in the first round and lost. They have been multiple times the heavy favorite to make it to the NBA Finals all through the 90s and didn't make it until 97, 98. No, granted, they didn't make it. However, they weren't going against the 2016 Warriors. They weren't going against the the, the KD Warriors. They weren't going against, uh, you know, the who else did they lose to? Oklahoma City with uh, with Harden, uh, not Harden, um, Durant and Westbrook. Golden State, they met, they met in the final. Uh, twice san antonio who was a 70 win team in 2017 that they lost to in the second round and then the warriors three times um and then the lakers in 2020 um who all eventual champions 
So I'm not going to sit here and blame him again. It's a blemish on Harden. Fair. But I'm not going to sit here and blame him for it. When John Stockton, who has had a worse track record in the playoffs than James Harden has. And Harden is known as the choker, which is a, a false narrative. Correct. And in closeout games, in the closeout games, Harden's just played better. Harden averaged 24 points per game, six rebounds, six assists on 43-32-86 shooting. Now, that's not, you know, all-star numbers. He's 13-9 and nine in closeout games. Those aren't, like, elite, top-of-the-top, all-time NBA stats, but they're still relatively close to what James Harden has been putting up over the past eight years. John Stockton is 14 points per game, 3.5 rebounds per game, 11 assists per game on 47-35-83, which isn't terribly better than Harden. It's not even better than Harden. I would, if I told you those two stat lines, who would you rather have on your team? Of course, I'd take Harden. I mean, I, I do think Harden does rank higher all the time than Stockton. I'm actually with you on that, Cody. But I think the thing to look at is a John Stockton. Yes, he did make two finals. There's something to say about that. James Harden can't get over the hump. That is a big deal. That is a big thing to not be able to get over. And Stockton is a better pass than James Harden is. Don't don't even tell me that. I'm not going to. And. I also think it's very fair to say that James Harden had a lot more help on those teams than John Stockton did. And Carl Malone for and, his entire career. And, and, yeah, those, and James Harden on those Rockets team. Hold on. And James Harden had Chris Paul, Eric Gordon, Trevor Ariza, Clint Capella when he was good. Like he had a he had a much deeper team around and the GOAT Gerald Green. So I mean I think James Harden had a lot. Hey, what are we doing? Why is this even a topic now that you brought that up? I think James Harden had a lot more help than did. Are you like you're telling me? Would you yeah. trade Carl Malone for Chris Paul, Eric Gordon, Trevor Reza, and Clint Capella? I where they were, where they're at in their careers? No, yet like Chris Paul's fantastic, and I love Chris Paul. And I we, don't. We've, We've we've had the Chris Paul discussion. Unfortunately, we have. <laughs> for like, Carl Malone was a monster. He's a top twenty-five player of all time, and and for most people, he's a top twenty player of all time. I'm kind of right there. I'm, I think I have him twenty-two or something like that. And he was an MVP candidate every year. Yeah. That's what James Harden was doing. James Harden was the Carl Malone. That's way more comparable. John, like, let's and I have MVP votes to back it up. You really came Six, prepared today. Yes, I did. I, I don't like this topic. Harrison and I did not. Can you no, tell? I'm very prepared. James Harden has finished. How about this? John Stockton has been in five times in his career, has finished top 10 in the MVP vote. And I think the highest he ever got was, I think, six or seven. James Harden has finished in the top five six times. And I'm looking at, at the, the people that Harden finished above. I'm like, well, okay. Maybe you can say, oh, well, a lot of people like the 90s better. John Stockton wasn't finishing above. Like, he, was, he wasn't going to finish against Larry Bird and Carl Malone and whatever. But Fat Lever was getting more votes. Fat Lever was getting more votes. Like, there aren't better – like, these aren't better players all the time that were getting more votes than uh, John Stockton. John Stockton, it wasn't like he was getting beat by Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, and Larry Bird every year. It was like Fat Lever. James Harden arguably has as a claim to four MVP trophies, but he does. I think he, he could have at least three. But he doesn't. He doesn't. But he has one, Ooh, and he has eight. only one. Yeah. You, see, 
You see, when I, whenever we talk Stockton about... Stockton hasn't finished in the top five ever. Wait, wait, wait. So, Cody, you're telling me that... Would you trade that one MVP trophy for two championships? Because I wouldn't. I would. John oh, Stockton has two, two they trophies. Two trophies versus one ring? Mm-mm-mm. James Harden's a poor man. I'm just here to make you mad, Cody. Like, I, 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 know I, you're I do think James Harden's better all the time, but I'm just here to make Cody mad. Here's the That's thing. I've never heard of John Stockton until bro, until this show. Until we were like talking about all the topics we were going to talk about. Cody's face. And then James Harden. Dude. James Harden. I see him all the time in commercials. So it's like, how am I going to argue bro, that John what? Stockton's better than James like, Harden? Harry, I'm dog, sorry. I, I, I knew you're not a basketball guy, but like I didn't know you like refuse to acknowledge any basketball that's ever been Harry played. Harry definitely only heard of I John mean, Stockton. No, no, no. I mean, listen, I, I, I told, I, I, in a, during a broadcast uh, for basketball, I, I told, I said that a team was like bad, like on the bad. air. Like, what, what do you think? Like, does that not tell you that, that I don't know anything about basketball? Well, they were bad. I mean, you weren't wrong. Like, they were not good. But that was less of a... No, oh yeah, it, it was more just... I don't know basketball and more of a... It's just, you shouldn't say that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That is but, so like, funny. That That is the most... All right, well, Harrison, thanks for joining us this week. We're going to have a new co-host next week. We'll announce it on Twitter. Make sure to follow... Okay, sounds good. Uncle See you, Cody. Bye. On Twitter. No, Harrison. Let's go. <laughs> all right, I think man. we've all made our points. I don't think Harrison's going to... Yes, we made... No, Harrison, Harrison definitely. I'll hold let on. You do this. Last point. Last point. Harrison definitely heard of John Stockton from the Jack Harlow song. What's poppin'? What's poppin'? Brand new whip just hopped in. I pass that like Stockton. Uh, yeah. That's oh, the, okay. There okay. you go. That's who it is, Harrison. Oh, and I didn't that, know that. Yeah. I didn't know that. Harrison, re- redemption time. Our last topic <laughs> before we run over our hour here. This past Sunday, we had a pretty cool moment in NFL history. Justin Tucker made a 66-yard field goal for the win for the Baltimore Ravens. Very impressive. To beat the uh, Detroit Lions. And as time expired, it broke the record. The longest field goal ever kicked in a professional game. Now, this sparked the discussion is who is the greatest kicker in the history of the uh, NBA, NFL. Is it longtime Patriot and Colt Adam Vinatieri, or is it Justin Tucker? First of all, I got to give credit to Justin Tucker. That kick unreal. was was unreal. That that was like one of the best kicks I, I've seen in a long time. And the fact that it was a game winner and it was also an NFL record just speaks to how good Justin Tucker is, and he's by far the best kicker in the league. Like, you can't even, like, debate that. Maybe, like, okay, fantasy-wise, oh, you know, Daniel Carlson got me, like, 15 points. Whatever. Like, Justin Tucker is the best kicker in the league by far. Um, but I'm, I'm going to go Adam Vinatieri um, because kind of with, uh, you know, longevity, you know, he's been in the league a lot longer than Justin Tucker. I think we got to give Justin Tucker, I don't know, another 10, 15 years. I know kickers can last that long. Ooh. So he can definitely do it. Fifteen years. I don't know. I mean, Adam Vinatieri played a really long time, like twenty-five years or so, Pat. So. He did, but uh, damn. Yeah. Well, if he wants to be the best kicker of all time, Pat, then he's just gonna have to play twenty-five oh. years in the NFL. I mean, I don't know. So is that I mean, the standard? What, like, if you want to be like, so if anyone wants to be better, oh, you don't than have great. to. You don't have to. But I'm just saying, like, it's a lot to live up for to Adam Vinatieri because so, Adam Vinatieri's won three Super Bowls or four. Is, oh wait, yeah. four? No, because he went. He won with the yeah. Colts too in tw- two thousand. Six. So, um, yeah. So, 
Justin Tucker has a lot to live up to if he wants to be the best kicker of all time, Pat. I'm sorry. It's just that if you have four Super Bowls and Justin Tucker has one, okay, he so he just needs you know maybe like yeah. two or three more. And he's set an NFL record. He's a, the best kicker in the league right now by far. Um, but with Adam Vinatieri, you have those moments in the snow against the Raiders, you know, two big kicks, and then the Super Bowl um, against the Rams. He had the the kick to win the game, and then, you know, what, two years later, he had another game-winning kick. So there's kind of a correlation, you know. You kind of have to have big kicks and big moments to win Super Bowls to be the best kicker of all time and play maybe, I don't know, 25 years or so. I mean, granted, you don't have to. I'm just saying you need a lot of years to be – I mean, Justin Tucker is probably, with the trajectory he's at, probably going to be in the Hall of Fame. Um, but Definitely. if he wants to be the best kicker of all time and, you know, pass Adam Vinatieri, he's going to have to play longer, Pat. Sorry. I do agree that Vinatieri is the best ever. I actually do agree with you on that. I just didn't agree with the he has to play longer than Vinatieri because, like, now if anyone wants to be better than Brady, they got to play for 87 years. Like, that's going to be nuts. Well, I'm not going to say longer. Maybe, okay, close Closer. to. Right, close fair. to right, as that's long. Fair. That's fair. Uh, but, no, I, I do agree because Vinatieri has – the moments he has the snow kick he has probably the most iconic kicks in NFL history probably the top five it's maybe not top five top three or four at least and Justin Tucker it's not really his fault because like kickers kind of just an individual position like you can't really blame the team like I don't really count Super Bowls for kickers because like they don't really have an impact on if you go to the Super Bowl or not for the most part obviously there's the moments like the Cody Parkey kick and whatnot but Vinatieri, he has hit at the biggest moments. You're right. He's been put on the stage. He absolutely hits. Tucker does too. I do. I think it's very close, but I do think just because Vinatieri was put on those pre- on the big stages that it pushes him a little bit past Tucker. And it's not. It's a little unfair to Tucker just because he hasn't gotten put in those situations yet. But I'm gonna lean towards Vinatieri just because unfortunately he has him. Tucker doesn't. <laughs> I like how we all took my my points <laughs> from last. Debacle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it would help if we knew how to use the control pad, yeah. whatever you want to call it. You could have gotten trained. I could have, but yeah. I didn't want to. So <laughs> here we go. Here are my stats for Justin Tucker versus Nerd. Adam and Harry. Justin Tucker, four-time All-Pro, All 2010s team are this career highlights, including one Super Bowl. Adam and Terry, three-time All-Pro. All 2000s team, four-time Super Bowl champion. Here it is. 84% field goal percentage at a career-long of 57 for Adam Vinatieri, a 92% and the highest of all time, and a 66-yard career high for Justin Tucker, which are both the all-time records and both most accurate and hardest kicking. Here it is. 50 straight field goals in the fourth quarter overtime. Justin Tucker has converted. He is 50 of his last 50 in the fourth quarter in overtime. 21 of those have been from 40 yards out or more. Seven of those have been from 50 plus. In the final minute of a game in his career, he is 16-16. Now, why do I bring up these numbers? Well, like we said, when we think of it, think of the the snow 2001. We think of uh, the the kick against the Rams. We think about the kick against the Panthers. Those three, uh, especially us as New England fans, those three kicks we remember the most. All to win super important playoff games. Two of those which gave us, gave the Patriots Super Bowl. 
Now, I give up these steps because everything says that Justin Tucker can do that. And I'm willing to bet you put Justin Tucker where Adam Vinatieri is, and Justin Tucker makes those kicks the same. And if their careers are flip-flopped, and there's no question, if if he just has those three moments, boom, it's over. And it's just he hasn't been in those situations. He just and that's not on him. He can't control how the game plays out. He has more. The things he can't control is kicking the ball through the net or through the goalpost, and he does that better than Adam Vinatieri does. Kick it from longer range, and he does that better than. Adam Vinatieri does. And in clutch situation, he does it better than Adam Vinatieri does. He is 14 to 18 in his career in the playoffs. All three came last year on misses. I don't remember those. I don't know how egregious they were or how they affected the game, which obviously we're going to keep it as a sore thumb, but it's that's all it was. In his Super Bowl run of 2012, he went four for four in kicks in that whole playoffs. And again, I don't know where every kick was, what the time was, what the score was at the time, whether they were high leverage or not. But Everything shows that he would be Vinatieri if he was playing for the Patriots in the 2000s. Adam Vinatieri is the greatest because he has those moments. He has the Super Bowls. Justin Tucker is the best kicker to ever live. I think that's fair. I think that's definitely fair. Um, but I think that wraps it up for today. Any, any closing remarks? No, I no. think just uh, thank you to Harry for joining us. Yes, and he's gonna be a mainstay this uh, year and hopefully longer. Maybe it depends. I don't know. I don't know. Where am I gonna be next week? I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> um, also make sure to follow the Twitter at Hustle Sports Pod on Twitter. We'll try to get that back up and going again. Usually just polls. It's a uh, fan interaction. You can. Write in what you want to hear for next time, what what topics you want to discuss. I think next week's going to be very baseball heavy. Probably. Let's Monday is going to be. It's either it's going to be me ranting for 45 minutes how the Red Sox ruined my life for the 19th time, or it's going to be <laughs> yep. us, me probably like praising Shohei Otani being the greatest baseball player ever. I don't know. One of the two. Oh. Get ready for it's happening. Um, so, yeah. Pat, you can take us out. It's your show, Doug. Yeah, no, I think that's it. So, new schedule. Mondays and Thursdays now is when we'll be recording. That's when it'll go live here on EC Radio. Uh, shortly afterwards, I will upload it to Spotify for anyone who can't listen live, and we'll be all set on that. So, other than that, I think that's it. Thank you for listening, and we will see you on Monday. <laughs> <laughs>